Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, here's Richard Ayer, at least. I'm actually walking out into the parking lot of a building where we, Linda and I have just had the privilege of speaking to the American Mothers Association, and we kind of got flooded with people right afterwards, and I suddenly looked down, and the phone was ringing, and it's time for Ayers on the Road. So I walked out here, and I'm now opening the car where I can get in and where I can find a little peace and quiet, and I fully trust that Linda will join me. And we're ready to go on Ayers on the Road. Um, it's always great to be here. We are up in Logan. I think Richard mentioned that. And uh, we have just spoken to the probably the largest collection of outstanding mothers and grandmothers in the world. It was a huge group. Right in Logan, the largest group of mothers in the world, right in Logan, Utah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> imagine that. No, I, this is uh, Richard's homeland, and it's always nice to be back here. It is. I love to go back to Logan, Utah. In fact, some of you may know that if you live in Logan and you went to Utah State University, you can become something called a true Aggie. All you have to do is climb up on this little A statue they have on the campus and kiss your one and only, and then you're qualified as a true Aggie, right? I think you took another girl up there. No, no, you're the only one I'm a true Aggie you with. You in the middle of the quad. And yeah, that was a different yeah. deal. Yeah, that okay. was a whole different deal. All right, well, anyway... It was really exciting to see that many fun mothers. I mean, dedicated, really incredible mothers who have created thousands of children. And I, yeah, and I've got to tell you that I was just I was just the bells and the whistles. Linda was the speaker today, but I did have a chance at the end to pay tribute to moms. And let me just tell you the story I told because it, it makes me giggle whenever I think of it. We were walking down a busy street in London many years ago. Well, we were living in London, doing some church service work, and ahead of me was a was a mom who had a little boy by the hand, and I couldn't hear what they were saying, but every once in a while I could hear this little boy yelling, but mom, I didn't did it! I didn't did it! And, and so I quickened my pace a little because I'm interested in human drama. I wanted to see what was going on, and I'd get a little closer, but mom, I didn't did it! And about the fifth time, that little kid yelled, but mom, I didn't did it. His mom picks the little kid up, holds him at eye level and says, you didn't do it. And the funniest thing, the little boy kind of stopped crying and got wide eyed and said, well, then who did? <laughs> and I've all, and as I used that, that story, I used that story to pay tribute to these moms. I say, you know, I get congratulated occasionally on my kids and on how great they are, and I want to be just like that little kid and say, hey, I didn't did it. It's this woman. It's this Linda. It's this wife of mine. Let's be honest, dads. We we do our best, but the real credit belongs to the moms, and that's what we were trying to say to this group today. And Linda gave them some great advice. Well, you know. Tell about the theme. Any one of them could have given that talk, but it was one I had never... (laughs) <laughs> and never addressed before. It was put this in your purse. 
and it was, it was really all about cute. purses. They had I should have had a man bag. Purses there. Yeah, it was really fun. And there are some things you can put in your purse to remind yourself about parenting and what you need to do. And um, it was just a lot of fun. Well, Linda said, you know, you ought to put in your purse. The main thing you ought to put in there is a little bit about your family narrative. You were good. I like what you said today, honey. Well, you do need a family narrative. Your kids need to know where your family is going together, for example. Um, But they also need to know about your parents and grandparents. They need to know if you um, have had hard times. You know, don't hide those hard times from them, especially when they're over. But, um, but grandparents great-grandparents remind them about the hard times they had and the things that they did because it gives your kids resilience it really does it's it's been proven um, by studies that kids who know that their parents and grandparents have lived through hard times and come through it makes them more resilient when they get into the hard times. Not about it now if we think that was a big group today there were three or four hundred wonderful moms there today but Think about this coming week right in Salt Lake City. We know most, not all, there's a lot of people listen to this show all over the country. But if you do happen to be in the range of Salt Lake City, then you probably already know that this coming week, 27th, 28th, 29th, of families meets in Salt Lake City at the Grand American Hotel and that Grand America Hotel and that's a kind of a big deal because this is a congress as they call it of families that has been meeting since the 90s and it's it's held its its big meeting in uh, in Warsaw, Poland and Prague and Geneva, Switzerland in uh, Sydney, Australia uh, it's just amazing. In, in Madrid, Madrid, Spain. But you know, this is the first time they've ha- held their Congress in the United States. And actually, it's kind of like the Olympics. They have to bid for it. Um, so people who have family advocates all over the world bid for the chance to have this World Congress. And it, they collect worldwide the best scholars, the best parents, the best um, professionals, the best parliamentarians. And... Um, uh, actually, people that have been active in their own countries with families, and they bring them all together. It's pretty amazing. Well, the thing we like about it, and the reason we're honored to, to present, they're actually presenting twice at the Congress, so I'll tell you the details a little later in the show, but uh, the reason we were delighted to accept the invitation is, you know, our here's our view. We, we want to be part of anything where the goal or the objective, the focal point, is making life better for children. Now, you know, one of the things we're saddened by is among people who really care about children, there sometimes are political divisions. Somebody says, well, you're too right-wing for me, or, you know, we define marriage differently than you do, or whatever. And, And our view is, look, you know, this is a big tent. There's room for a lot of different politics and a lot of different, uh, views and ideologies within the big tent of people who say the most important thing in the world is families. It's families that are the basic unit of society. It's families that produce the next generation. It's families that model responsible behavior. I mean, you just cannot, and one of the things we're going to be speaking on 
or including in one of our addresses is that there are certain functions. That, By the way, that's our favorite way of defining what a family is, is by function. What does a family do for society? The obvious one is it re- repopulates the earth, procreation. But it also teaches responsibility. It nurtures children. It gives children unconditional love. It gives them an identity larger than themselves, like you were just saying, Linda. And and none of those functions can be fulfilled by any other institution. Places in the world have tried it. Communes don't produce the same quality of people as families do. And so our view is that, hey, anytime people are celebrating the commitment of families and we have a chance to be there, we're going to be there. Well, the thing that has really woken us up in the last few years is we've been studying families across the globe, and people have decided in so many cases not to have children. In Japan, more than half of the women have now decided they want zero children. Um, they, they're they well-educated, and they don't want to leave their, um, their career to go home and raise a family because they're kind of expected to stay home. With their children once they have, well, not, you know, obviously they, there are lots of varieties of that, but it is really pretty amazing how scary it is. In fact, we have just come from Europe um, in Switzerland, in Germany, in Austria, Bavaria. We walk around on those streets and it's past tourist time. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. It's really scary. Well, these are countries whose populations are declining because women and People are choosing not to have children or to have one child. And, you know, you need 1.9 children per woman just to replenish the population. And, and you know, more than half, this, this, this shocks a lot of people, that out of the 234 countries in the world, that's counting every state, every nation state on this planet, 121 of those countries have a negative population growth. That is, they're not replenishing their population. So next time you hear someone worry about overpopulation on this planet, remind them that in more than half the countries, we're losing population. What does that mean for the workforce? What does that mean for those who are getting old and won't have anyone in the workforce to support them or pay for their social security or whatever? You know, it's amazing what's happened and since actually 30 years ago, we lived in McLean, Virginia. We were on our way to London, actually 40 years ago, and it was the zero population date. And honestly, I didn't dare put all three of my preschoolers in a bat- grocery basket at the grocery store. People would actually stop me and make nasty comments. Don't you know you're using you more than your share the world of the world's resources? And now it's just changing so drastically. In fact, China is going to be in big trouble in 20 years. They're not going to have a workforce. They're going to have to ship in people from Philippines and all over the world where they're still, Africa is still producing children, sometimes sadly and not able to take care of them. But Singapore, so Singapore is many. now paying a bonus of $20,000 for every, every baby that's born just because they're struggling to keep and maintain their population. But we're, we're, we're getting off on a little tangent here. The main thing we want to do is to invite all of you who are within range to come and attend. If you can't go to all four days, go to at least one of the days. You can go on 
online at uh, just just Google World Congress of Families. The actual website is WCF9, World the Congress Roman of Families 9. Yeah, but just the easiest way is just put in World Congress of Families, and you can see the program. Um, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to tell you a little more about the World Congress of Families and what our message is going to be there, and we know a little about some of the other messages, so we'll give you a little preview when we return. Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. We are back in beautiful Logan, Utah. We're actually at River Heights right at this moment, but um, we are really enjoying our time here. This is where Richard was raised as a child, and we've had lots of memories of Logan through the years. We're both Utah State University graduates, and um, we love this place. We really like Logan, and back to the World Congress of Families. Is it, Linda, is it the World Congress of Families or the World Congress on Families? It's the World Congress of Families. Be sure you get that right when you check it out online because um, it's World Congress of Families 9. is number 9, and as we said in the first half, this is the first time that we've ever had it in the USA. It's been all over the world, and you have to bid for it like you bid for the Olympics, and we got it. I can't imagine why Utah's not exactly family-oriented. <laughs> yeah, I can't we... imagine why they'd think Utah was oriented to family. I'm sure they made a great pitch, and that's why we're doing it here at the Grand America Hotel, 27th to the 30th of um, October. So we're looking forward to being there. Now, let us be a little more specific and tell you when we're going to be there, just in case any of you want to come and hear us. We're going to be speaking on Wednesday afternoon. And uh, all the delegates will get it. They expect about 2,000 people to come. And we hope that they all make it safely. They're coming from countries all over the world. And we think that they'll be there with bells on. And they'll each have a story to tell. Because no matter where you go, you find that there are different fashions and styles of parenting and different ways to view families. One of the things that we always love when we travel is finding that uh, in most parts of the world, family means a little more than it does here, more quantitatively. That is, most families live at least three generations in a home. You've got the parents, you've got the kids, and you've got the grandparents. And we need more of that in America. We need more three-generation families where the grandparents are heavily involved in helping the parents raise the children. When we lived in England, and I'm sure it happens all over the world, but not so much in Asia and so on, but there were some people whose parents lived a block away and they hadn't seen him for a year. I mean, that is just crazy. And, of course, then there are families that aren't speaking to each other. There are all kinds of hard things about families. But the, but this is amazing. When we are in Indonesia, um, in Jakarta and Kuala Lumpur, always it's a multi-generational family. They all live in the same house. Um, that's difficult sometimes for the young mothers because the big mother, the grandmother, is in charge. But the big mother. It's, it's totally a different um, configuration. So, um, but 
parenting's the same. No matter where we go all over the world, they want great things for their kids. They want self-reliant kids and courageous kids and honest kids and so on. It's just the same. By the way, um, on the 27th, which if I am not mistaken is next Tuesday, is the opening ceremony and Elder Russell Ballard, our own wonderful Elder Ballard of the Quorum of Twelve Apostles, is giving the keynote address and really welcoming people to Salt Lake City and to Utah and maybe maybe giving a little insight as to why the Mormon church is so family-oriented vis-a-vis its doctrine, which centers around families. And so that'll be a real treat. And we should also mention that delegates to the conference are going to get in on a private concert with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. I believe that's on Thursday night. And also the piano guys. We're really showing off Utah talent here. It's going to be so fun. I mean, I don't know how much piano we paid for a ticket to the piano guys at the, at, where was that, the, the big center for the yeah, jazz place. Yeah, that was at <laughs> Energy Solutions. But, you know, we go way back with John Schmidt. He he used to be our, our son's piano teacher. <laughs> and he, he also played at our daughter, our, the first daughter that we had get married uh, we had the reception at Red Butte Garden, and John Schmidt was there playing the piano and laying on the piano bench and playing it upside down and doing all the wonderful things he does. So, anyway, the bottom line is this: this we don't we don't want this to sound like a commercial, but we just want you to kind of have a little of our enthusiasm. A that the World Congress on Families is in the United States for the first time. B, that it's in Salt Lake City in Utah, right here in our backyard. And C, that there's a lot of good entertainment. Now, you know, I'm trying to be blunt about this, Linda. I think basically what people are going to do is all day they're going to have various panels and speeches stressing various aspects of the family and of how we can strengthen families and of the plight of families in many parts of the world. And then every evening, everybody's going to kick back and have some good entertainment. I happen to know, I, I called the director of the conference the other day to clarify this. If you are a local and you, you only have a day, you want to come to one of these days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, you uh, you can get in for 30 bucks. 30 bucks is the whole day. I mean, yeah. you'll get your money's worth. I don't think that includes the entertainment, but it includes a lot of great speakers. Yeah, it really does. And so anyway, to finish our little spiel, we uh, we we have a limited, it's a plenary session with all the delegates, about 2,000 people they expect to be there. And believe me, they will be very diverse from all over the world. So we want to add a lot of Utah element to be part of that formula. But we'll be speaking in the afternoon. I think it's around three, isn't it, Linda? On Wednesday. Four fifteen, I think. But or four. Yeah, four fifteen. Four fifteen. But then on Friday, uh, we have a little longer time. We have a forum, what they call a forum, and we'll have an hour and forty-five minutes, and that's where we're going to try to get into the whole question of the practical parenting. Uh, you know, no theory, no, just no. A thousand ideas, take uh, them or leave them, just things that have worked with our kids and other people's kids. And I think we're calling that raising responsible kids in an irresponsible world. 
and best practices that we've found around the world to try to do that. The bottom line is, and you all know this, we, we, we basically uh, we give our kids too much. There's an entitlement mentality among kids today that I don't, do you think it's ever existed before the way it is today, this entitlement mentality? I want everything and I want it now and I want everything my friend has and I don't want to have to work for it. You know, probably it's happened in cultures that are so rich and wealthy that that happens over and over again and then they crash. Um, I really believe that. I think that um, there's so many issues with uh, prosperity and giving our children too much and I think it's happened over and over again and we really need to be so watchful of our own children because it's becoming a huge issue. Well, yeah, we, we sometimes do a little informal survey when we're speaking and we say, here's here's five issues that we know trouble parents. Which one do you think is the biggest issue for you? And we've got some tough stuff on there, like substance abuse, uh, sexual sexuality problems, uh, bullying, peer pressure. I mean, these are big issues with parents. And, and one we always include is the entitlement attitude. And it always gets the most, boy, it gets more than half of the parents will always say, that's my problem right there, the entitlement attitudes of my kids. Well, I think one of them, one of them was the Internet. And, you know, it was even split on that because the Internet is the biggest problem for many parents on the entitlement thing. You know, they I see want it to online. Phone. Yeah. I can't stand to take this old 4S to school another day. You know, all those crazy things that our teenagers think are so important. So anyway... That's about as personal as we can get. Come, uh, if you have a chance to come on Wednesday or Friday, come and see us. Come and say hi. Tell us that you occasionally listen to us on BYU Radio. And also, um, I think I should mention this, Linda. We are going to be, we think this is such an important gathering. We're going to give away our book, The Turning. We're going to give. Uh, we're going to have at least 500 copies there. We don't want to sell them. We want to give them to those. We, here's how wow. we. Here's how we see it. Anyone who comes to this conference has sort of identified themselves as someone that really cares about families, and that's the person we want to have this book, The Turning, which is a double meaning. As many of you know, we've talked about the book on the show before. Why are families turn? Why are people turning away from families, and how do we turn it back? And so, actually, I hadn't thought of this, but it's, it's about a twenty-dollar book, isn't it? Well, it is a twenty-dollar book. Hey, that's a good point. Yeah. So, if you pay thirty dollars, you only have to really pay ten. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the way a mother's mind works. That's the way. That's the way Linda's mind works. But we would love to see you there, and whether you see us or not, you'll hear a lot of good things on 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 families, and I guess. The final thing I want to say, and then you might want to, you're better at this than I am, Linda, but when you think about it, um, it's one thing to try to defend the family, right? Like we need to defend the family against forces we think are harmful to the family or against beliefs or attitudes we think are harmful to the family. And there's a lot of good groups that form this defense. They want to fight against abortion that they think is improper and, and uh, not not correct, and they want to fight against definitions of marriage that they might not agree with or whatever. And, and that's fine. I mean, you know, everyone should do their thing, and, and all causes need a strong defense. 
But don't forget that sometimes the best defense is a great offense. And that's, I don't think, Linda, that's where we come in. We're there to say, hey, let's celebrate family. Let's, let's, let's popularize parenting. Let's remind ourselves that this is not only the right thing to do, this is the, the best way to live. This is the happiest way to live. Definitely. And I have to say that we just, uh, last week we talked about being in Japan and we just came home from Japan. But on the way home, we stopped at our son and daughter-in-law's home in Orange County. Uh, we came through LAX and then we just rented a car and went out to their house just overnight. But honestly, when you are in, I mean, you are in the home of a really functional family. It is so fun. They have a little baby who was born with a, a heart defect, a serious heart defect, went into surgery the minute after birth and was uh, missing a lot of her left ventricle and, and so on. But honestly, they have adored that child so much. She's now 18 months old, and they just she just started walking. And literally, the, those other four children, you have never seen anything like Oh, oh what a cheering gosh. section. They were screaming, squealing. Their little girl. Mila, you're walking. Mila. How screaming. Mila can walk. Mila can walk. I mean, it really is so wonderful when you see the good, the goodness in families. And we know we're talking to a lot of great families. And, uh, and that's really for us. That's the bottom line. You who listen often to this show know that it's we're, we're not we're not preaching good parenting to put people on a guilt trip. We're not preaching families because that's, you know, our way of life and we want to impose it on other people. We, we know that how many different kinds of families there are. And, and our whole deal is, guess what? When all is said and done, when the dust settles, it's not about your accomplishments. It's not about your career. It's about your family. That's what we all come to realize sooner or later, and we wish it was sooner. So we hope to see you. Um, there will be a website on um, BYU Radio so that you can go to that directly. And uh, good luck with your families. Thank you for all you're doing to make a wonderful world. See you next week on Ayers on the Road.